All right, three, two, one. Let's do this thing here. Uh, season one, episode one, first podcast of Petey's Picks. Um, so I did want to start real quick. I'll, uh, I'll um, give a quick shout out. I appreciate all the support over the last week uh, since I announced on social media and everything, this, uh, the launch of the website and podcast and, and everything we got going here with Petey's Picks. Um, self-consciously, I was a little worried some people might not even really remember that I'd be enough off the radar, um, you know, two, three years removed from, from PD's picks and everything we were doing that, uh, might've fallen by the wayside or some people might've kind of forgotten. So I do appreciate, uh, all the support coaches, players, parents, um, everybody that reached out, got a, got a good amount of DMS and, and messages from people and support and, and happy and excited to see kind of where we go, uh, this year with it and everything. So, um, I got a message from from a former <laughs> from a player who just graduated, um, and was actually kind of bummed. He was like, "Oh, sure, now you start it back up after after I'm graduated and gone." And um, kind of the bittersweet part of this is, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited to to be back and doing this again, um, but also bummed that uh, you know bummed that we're missing out on players from the past and and guys I didn't quite get a chance to provide some of that coverage for. So, uh, definitely a little bittersweet there, but, um, excited about the future and, and where we can take this thing and, and moving forward. So, um, parents, coaches, extremely supportive, loved a lot of the messages. And, um, you know, I put a a challenge out there on Twitter to try and spread the word, get the word out that, you know, we were launching the website and everything. Um, uh, I do have to specify the message said a game, not your game of choice. So um, did get a good laugh out of uh, some back and forth with Calumet and the challenge to go, go up to the UP. And, and I'm not ruling it out. We'll, we'll play it by ear. We'll see how the season goes and, and kind of what options are out there. And, um, you know, maybe we, we do get a chance to get up to the UP this winter. We'll, we'll see. I'm not ruling anything out, but um, I'll get into it here in a minute too, but my schedule, a lot of things have changed um, that has caused me to step back from coaching a little bit. So um, I do have to kind of work in some of these games and, and requests and things that I got on Twitter um, into my schedule a little bit. So uh, Ann Arbor Huron, I think, was another one that was like, come to this game on this date in this location. And like, I love it. I appreciate all the feedback, guys. I will do my best to get everywhere and, and be everywhere all at one time. But uh that schedule is going to be a little tricky here as the season goes on. So we'll do, we'll do our best. We'll see what happens. We'll get to obviously get to as many games as we can this year, but, uh, but yeah, definitely excited and in the support and, and everything greatly appreciated. Um, thank you very much for all of that. Looking forward to, uh, to what we can do. So technical support there or technical issue had to kind of reposition the laptop a little bit, slipping and falling on me. Uh, so, so for some of you new to this, new to me, not familiar with me, not familiar with what I've done in the past, I'll give you a, a brief overview. Um, you know, I played four years of high school hockey out of the Lansing area for a, a co-op called DeWitt St. John's. Uh, that's obviously changed over the years and um, Lansing hockey, especially a lot of different co-ops and teams have added and changed and dropped and, and things have changed there a little bit. So the landscape I came up in is much different now than, than what it is currently. Um, but after playing four years, I, I, I started coaching for that same co-op. 
Uh, I moved to the Detroit area. I started coaching over here. Uh, I was with Lavonia Stevenson and Dave Mitchell for four years. Uh, and then most recently just finished up three years with Saline High School coaching with Kyle Zagata. So um, high school hockey has always been a, a, a big part of my life for as long as I can remember, obviously. So super passionate about it. Um, it's always been something near and dear to me. Uh, and even when I wasn't coaching, I was always kind of looking for avenues and ways that I could impact the game, have a positive impact on, on kids in the game, coaches in the game, you know, kind of how I could um, still have an impact on the landscape even when I wasn't coaching. Um, and so in 20, I think it was 2018, 2019 is kind of when I started doing uh, a lot of the PD's picks stuff, um, which was primarily through uh, the high school hockey hub. And, uh, you know, I was doing game previews. I was doing like fantasy teams of the week and picking, you know, three forwards, two D and a goalie. Um, and just kind of having fun with it. Uh, I, I did probably most notably was the, the top 100 players to know in high school hockey that I did at the beginning of each season where we kind of one previewed the season and then kind of highlighted some of the big names to know in high school hockey. Um, and that was something that really took fire and, and took on a life of its own really with, um, you know, coaches, players, everybody reaching out, hey, you got to know about this guy. Hey, you forgot about that guy. Hey, you're too low on this guy. Um, so I really did it to kind of create that buzz, create that awareness of players in the game. Uh, and whether I was right or wrong didn't really matter. It just kind of got everybody talking about high school hockey. So, um, so I did that for two years. And then, like I mentioned, I got back into coaching with Celine. Uh, in 2020, right after the pandemic, or right as the pandemic was hitting and everything. And uh, it just didn't feel right. It was kind of hard for me to wear two hats at one time, trying to coach and then also trying to provide media coverage of high school hockey. So I did have to kind of step back away from PD's picks and, and doing a lot of the media coverage that I was doing and, and really focus on, on our team and, and coaching. And, um, and so, yeah, that was that. Uh, Obviously very proud of what we accomplished at Celine in those three years um, in the direction Kyle Zagata has them heading in. Um, it was fantastic to be a part of that turnaround and, and kind of bringing them back to where they are now. Super excited about what the future holds for them as well. Um, but it's just not coaching right now just isn't really in the cards for me personally. A lot of things going on with the family and at home and, uh, you know, we got two little ones. I'm, I'm very, I don't know if you guys can hear it or not, but very congested at the moment. I'm sick. Uh, and the wife was like, you're really going to do a podcast all sick like this? I was like, I, I got to power through. I got to find a way. And, and, uh, you know, I told you guys I was going to do this and I'm not going to, I'm not going to skimp out on you or, or make excuses just cause I got a head cold or something. So, um, one of the kids daycare, I'm sure we brought something home as all you parents out there can, can sympathize with me for a little bit. Um, so it's the first, but I'm sure won't be the last this this hockey season where we're uh, a little nasally, a little sniffly, having to to power through a podcast for you guys here. Um, my plan is to do this weekly. Um, I'm shooting for Mondays, but we'll we'll see how that goes, especially as the season uh, trudges on here. Um, so definitely bummed to be stepping away from coaching. You know, I mentioned that in the the uh, preview video I put out. Definitely. Uh, bummed to not be a part of Celine moving forward, but, um, you know, Kyle and I, Kyle's a very good friend and, 
Um, definitely excited to see what they can do moving forward and, and we'll have a, a close eye on them for sure. So, um, you know, it, coaching is a way for me, like I said, to kind of have an impact on, on the next generation and, and kind of help them develop and grow and, and learn the game and enjoy it the same way I did. Uh, by stepping away and now kind of stepping into that media role, uh, I feel like I can still kind of continue to have that impact in some in some capacity anyways. So uh, definitely excited to see what we can do this year and and, uh, and and getting people involved and, you know, with the podcast, potential for interviews, potential for guest pickers, uh, all sorts of stuff. So excited uh, about what we can do here in the next couple months. So uh, what's different? Uh, well, first of all, the website, um, pdspicks.com. If you haven't seen it yet, be sure to check it out. Uh, that is completely 100% me. Uh, my professional life, I do a lot in digital media and on the digital side of things. So that website is completely 100% by me for me. Uh, so everything you see there with the, with the exception of a couple photos, I've, I've, uh, gotten to know a couple professional photographers that are a lot better than me. So, um, so yeah, so everything you see there, uh, will all be straight from me. There's, there's no in between, there's no barrier, there's no, uh, you know, if you send an email, if you send a text or whatever it is, that's, it's all through me. So, um, be sure to check out that website, pdspicks.com. Uh, the other thing too, obviously this podcast, we've never done the podcast before. This is season one, episode one. Uh, and, and I got high hopes, high, uh, expectations for, for this as well. Um, you know, my goal with everything I've done on the media side of things has always been to, cover youth hockey, cover the kids the way the pros get covered. So obviously you see spitting chiclets, you see, you know, all these podcasts about hockey and football and fantasy football and uh, the NBA and all that stuff. I, I want to take that same level of attention and detail and put out a product similar for youth hockey and, and what we do here. So, um, so I'm excited about that, excited about what we can do content-wise. You know, I mentioned the picks. Uh, I want to get you, the audience, involved. I'm still working out some of the details on that as far as the website goes. But, you know, I'll have my weekly picks, four or five games of the week that I'm paying attention to and, and making my picks and predictions. I really want to find a way to open that up to you guys so that you can make picks and predictions as well. Uh, so stay tuned for that and, and keep an eye out for that as well. Uh, bracketology. I mentioned the fantasy teams that I was doing before, just fun, uh, interesting, energetic ways to, to provide that coverage, to get players names out there, to get programs out there, um, that maybe might not get hit on, get covered as much as before. So, um, so that's really what I'm looking to do here. Um, additionally, also looking to dip my toes into the, to the triple A world a little bit. Again, professionally, I've gotten to know that landscape a lot better in the last couple of years. Um, not just locally, but globally as well. Uh, I, I've been a part of major global events like the World Selects Invitational, the Hockey Hall of Fame, Future Legends, um, seeing the Brick, Pee Wee Quebec, those types of really iconic events in the AAA space. Uh, I, I think it's important to highlight the players and kids from the state of Michigan that are doing big things in, in, in those avenues as well. So, um, so like I said, really want to, uh, put a focus on the AAA side of things as well and, and really 
promote youth hockey in the state of Michigan and how great our product really is and, and can be. So, uh, so keep a lookout for that as well. Um, as far as today goes, I, I did want to spend a good chunk talking about MHA tryouts. I was at tryouts uh, on Saturday for a good bit and got to watch. To me, like last week, this week is kind of the start of the high school hockey season uh, in a way with MHA tryouts, MDHL tryouts um, coming up this weekend as well. I, I know the winter season doesn't start till November 1st, but with the fall seasons, with with uh, what's going on right now with the MHA and MDHL and, and all that, if you're a top-level high school player in Michigan, like your season is starting right now because of tryouts and because of the MDHL league, the top 80 showcase. Um, these things are kind of where you start to put yourself on the map. So in my mind, like I said, I, I think that high school season really starts right now. So uh, I was at tryouts. Rick Gadwa had some great conversations with him leading up to it. We talked a bunch at the event as well. Um, he was funny. He's like, yeah, you know, tryouts, you know, come to the showcase, come to the showcase. And I'm like, Rick, I'm coming to the showcase. But I'm like, I, I still want to come to tryouts and, and just see, experience, see what it's all about. Um, you know, I think there's a ton of value in still watching the tryouts and watching kids who may or may not make the showcase, may or may not make the MDHL league play uh, because there's a lot of good players that don't make the cut. And, and uh, so I think it's important to see what all is out there, uh, who does make it, but who doesn't make it. I think there's, there's um, a lot of value. And, you know, I reference back to probably two or three different instances where I was at tryouts and um, you know, big rapids was one that stood out in my mind from four or five years ago where you know, they had three or four kids that I thought were like really good, solid players and, and didn't happen to make the cut. But, you know, Big Rapids still went on to to have a good season that year. And, and those kids had a lot to do with it. Um, Clarkston, I could say the same thing, you know, back in 2019, maybe it was, um, where they sent four or five kids to the MDHL and they all and, and, and none of them made it and could very well could have been justified in not making it. I think stuff, when that stuff happens, it just speaks to the depth of, of talent out there in the high school circles. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, any those four or five should have made it over anyone else. I'm just saying, like, it, it speaks when, you know, those kids stand out to me. They may not stand out to someone else uh, or vice versa. So, uh, another player stands out to them that didn't stand out to me. So, um you know, even player evaluations and things like that are, are very, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Subjective, maybe, where each evaluator is obviously going to be a little bit different. So, um, so I do think there's a ton of value, even for the kids who don't end up making the league to, or, or the showcase in the MHA instances where um, there's a ton of value there, even in going through the tryout, going through the evaluation process and I call it building your resume. You know, you, if you're a young kid, if you're a freshman, sophomore, and you go and you get cut this year, like, I don't want to see you 12 months from now go and say, oh, I'm not going to go. They cut me last year. Like, screw those guys. Like, no, sometimes that's kind of the process. Like, you go, you show up, you may show well and just not be well enough. 
Um, but well enough that someone like me is going to remember you, right? Oh yeah, I remember that name. Oh yeah, Clarkston, uh, they, you know, they've got a really up and coming program and yeah, like I remember that guy. So then when they see you again, six months from now at uh, team Michigan tryouts or 12 months from now at MDHL tryouts again, like it, it's about building that resume and you can't just ride or die on whether you make it or get cut, like use it as a stepping stone, use it as a building block and, and kind of a, a feather in your cap there. So that's why I like going to the tryouts, even, even though, um, you know, obviously, uh, from, a you know, my, the top prospects and, and things like that, that I kind of focus on. Yeah. It, the top 80 is, is what you want to see. But like I said, the, the tryout portion of everything too, I think there's a ton of value in, in seeing and taking that in. So a um, couple of big takeaways I, I got from the weekend anyways, or from MA, the MHA tryouts. Uh, Clarkston, I mentioned them earlier, like they're not a flash in the pan. Uh, I think they're here and I think they're here to stay. Um, you know, we've seen programs like that in the past where they get a good, good class together, right? In the you know, freshman, sophomore, and then junior, senior, they add a couple more and they got, you get a core group of kids who have played together for a long time, even going back to their youth days. And then it kind of culminates with a senior season. And then once those seniors graduate, the program might kind of fall off a little bit, or maybe there's a coaching change. And, um, so you see some of these, you know, for lack of a better phrase, like a flash in the pan, um, in high school hockey, where they have a really good run or a really good group that keeps that program solid for two or three or four years. Uh, I don't think that's Clarkson. I think Clarkson is, is the real deal and they're going to, they're going to be here for a while. Um, I, I mentioned them a couple years back, four or five kids at the, tri at, uh, the MDHL tryout. And, you know, I think I even saw the kid's name. I think it was Earring. Um, if I can find my notes. Yeah. Brady Earring, who probably a senior this year, I'm thinking, you know, I remember seeing him at, I I'm pretty sure um, MDHL tryouts, you know, two, three years ago and watching him and thinking, this kid's really solid. You know, he's really good. And I, if, unless my memory is off, which it very well can be, um, I'm pretty sure the year I saw him and the year he stood out to me, he didn't make the league. Um, and, uh, and so fast forward now, Clarkston has, has become a, a, a really good program, not just in the, on the east side, but across the state. So, um, and I think they're, you know, I look at them, I look at Byron Center, I look at some of those programs that have kind of taken that next step uh, in the last couple of years to take themselves from, oh, wow, like they're doing nice things to now being a potential, you know, state contender. Um, Clarkston, to me, that year, four or five kids, none of, none of those kids make the league, but they all showed well. They continued to develop. Coach continues to send them to the MDHL and the MDA and the MHA tryouts and team Michigan tryouts. I think. Um, and so you just see that, that resume building, that growth, that it's a, it's a process. We talk about the process so much in hockey from a player development standpoint, that same is true about building a program. And, and the problem, I think, for, for some high school programs is, is there's just not enough longevity. You know, you get a coach who's there for three, four, five years, and then it's another coach for three, four, five years. Like, you just don't kind of get that consistency. Um, 
I think Clarkston is, is on a really great trajectory to do some, you know, they've already accomplished some really great things uh, just in the last year or two years. And I think they're on a trajectory to really continue that climb, uh, especially based on, you know, some of the kids I saw this weekend that showed really well and, and looked good. And, and I'm sure could, I don't know who's in or who's out at that tryouts. I'm just there, you know, solo, but I, I'd be, I'd be shocked if there weren't a couple of Clarkston kids in, in that top 80 and, and representing that program, uh, this fall. So, uh, super excited uh, about Clarkston and kind of where they're heading and, and, uh, you know, to give you another example too, uh, g- real good buddy of mine, Travis DeLong, assistant coach at Cap City in Lansing. And, uh, you know, Clarkston reminds me a lot of where Cap City was two, three, four, six years ago. You know, I remember having conversations with Trav about wanting to get just one kid into the MDHL and, and it was... And it was such a process for them and, and trying to convince Lansing kids to even be a part of this, if they even wanted to, to be in the league. Um, and I remember very distinctly being on the, on the phone with Trav, just trying to convince this one kid to try out and ultimately make the league. And, and it was like pulling teeth. We couldn't convince him. He didn't go. Um, and Trav and, and the program in general, they could have very easily gotten discouraged and said, nah, screw it. We're you know, we'll give up the fight. We're not pushing it. Uh, the next year they send two or three kids and none of them make it. And then the next year they send four or five kids and one of them made it. Um, you know, as a coach, I think it's very easy to get frustrated with that process as you've lived it for three, four years. Uh, you know, no, I'm not going to send my kids to the MDHL. They're not going to get a fair shake. Like, because, you know, I sent three and they all got cut. Um, persistence I think is key in a lot of those instances where, continue to send those kids and, and, and then it's one kid gets through and then two kids get through and then four kids get through. Well, that process may take three or four years of, of trial and error, pushing kids to the MDHL, pushing kids to the MHA. Um, but if you can power through and stick with that process, I, I think you see the benefits of it. You look at Cap City now and you know they've won a fistful of regional championships since then. They've made a push at uh, quarterfinals and made some deep playoff runs. Um, so you, you see the fruits of their labor there uh, with stuff like the MDHL and, and Team Michigan uh, tryouts and now where Cap City is. And I think Clarkston, like I said, is, is on that very similar trajectory where uh, they were pushing kids and getting denied and pushing kids and getting one through and pushing kids and getting two through and, and knocking on the door long enough that uh, they're, they're finally breaking through here. And... Um, and I think heading in a really, really good direction. So um, I did want to mention three kids. And I don't, I, I wasn't going to spend a ton of time on players that stood out to me. Because like I said, um, you know, top 80 showcase, I think that's more the the uh, environment for, for kind of focusing on some of the top players and top prospects. Uh, MDHL league play and their showcase, I think, is another one. Uh, where I'll really get more into the nitty gritty about players that stood out, what I liked about their game. Um, in kind of their development process. Um, I, I did want to mention a, a couple, though, just because to me it very much felt like a tryout. Um, a lot of and coaches and evaluators will know what I mean by that. Like it wasn't the prettiest hockey. It was, it was quite sloppy at times, but that's what, that's what it is when you get kids who've never played together and you throw them on the ice and say, hey, I have a scrimmage. Um, 
it, it is going to be sloppy and ugly and, and definitely a challenge for evaluators. But, um, but there were a couple that I thought stood out, you know, head and shoulders and really made themselves very noticeable uh, in a really good way. Um, if I could find my notes here real quick. Carson Cadigal, I think I'm saying that right, out of Stony Creek. Um, you know, he was one who had a really good, like, first couple strides um, and, and was explosive at times with his speed. Uh, and, and I think when you do those little things, right, in skating, like, if you can skate, you're really going to stand out in tryouts like this. Um, and I thought he was one that stood out. He, I wrote down pucks with a purpose, and I just love that, like, he was constantly putting pucks, not necessarily on the tape to someone, but putting them in space where they can skate into it. Um, you know, he, he was just constantly moving pucks with a purpose and, and, and good intent behind a lot of the plays he was making. And when you do some of that stuff, like I said, as an evaluator, that stands out where you're like, oh, wow, like, you know, you're thinking the game in a, you know, a very cerebral way or just a good understanding of the game where, you know, you might be fumbling over a puck. You might, you know, you might not have your best shift. But if I'm seeing those types of plays, I know, I know the intangibles are there. So, um, a lot of Stony Creek kids there too. They all look. There was a couple that looked really solid to me. Uh, Cadigal, like I said, being one of them. Uh, so super, super excited about that. Um, Owen Croston was another one. Clarkston kid, like I mentioned. Um, he was one who. Pace wise, just kind of seemed like he was on another level. Um, and not that I know there's other kids there who can play at the pace that Croston was. It's just Croston was the only one kind of bringing it or forcing the issue. Um, and, and and so that right off the jump kind of stood out to you in the stands as you were watching. So um, really good with the puck too. Crafty, you know, a couple in and inside outside moves uh, to, to make himself a threat getting to the net. Uh, you know, I thought his play really stood out too. And, and again, not that these guys were the best there. It's just, they were doing things that really jumped out and grabbed my attention. Um, there was one more here I had, I just can't find my notes on them. Here we go. Christian, Christian Haji. Um, again, sorry if I'm butchering any of these names, just shoot me a DM and say, Hey idiot, this is how you say it. Um, I really, you know, I, and I want to get it right too. So if I'm not saying things right, obviously, absolutely call me out and let me know. But um, Christian Haji, brother Rice kid, um, he was, I wrote, it was so funny. So I was up there and, I, and I'm writing it down. I said, very active, always around the puck. And no sooner did I, I pick up my pen from the paper, he scored a goal. Um, so it was super funny. Uh, but again, you know, if you're, that busy, that engaged, constantly around the play, um, good things are gonna ultimately happen for you, and and uh, and they did this weekend for Haji, um, and and again, you know, were there guys there that were better than these three? Yeah, probably. Were there guys that like they just did things that were very very noticeable to me in the stands, um, so. Maybe they make the top 80, maybe they don't. That's the other thing, too, is, is I'm not really involved in the evaluation process. So um, I may be highlighting kids that don't end up making. I don't mean to, you know, laugh or besmirch that. I'm just saying, you know, in reality, what stands out to me might not stand out to them, too. So, um, so yeah, that, uh, those were three that stood out to me a bunch. Um, obviously, uh, there's a bunch more, and, and I'm sure we will get into a lot of them as, as the season progresses, too. But... Uh, the weekend, it was good, a good kind of benchmark or, 
or start to this process to start to to get a feel for kids and and where they're at, what programs they're with, what that program is, could potentially look like this season too. So um, I do have – so my biggest bone to pick with players coming out of tryouts though, and it's it's all tryouts. It's not MHA. It's not just the MDHL. It's not, um, you know, junior camps or whatever. Like it's literally just a tryout problem. Maybe it's not a problem to other people. I don't really like it that much is when teammates are on the same line together or they're D pairings together. Uh, I, it's an uncomfortable situation or in an, an uncomfortable environment to be in. I get it. So your natural instinct is probably to play with people you're comfortable with. Um, you know, hey, I, you know, this is my buddy. I've been playing with him for two, three years. We're going to have good chemistry. We're going to look good in a tryout environment. So it's, it's easy to kind of cling to those teammates in, in those situations. But from an evaluation standpoint, I don't really care for it. Like if, if I see, I'm going to use Flint Powers as an example, just because there's a couple of kids on, on the sheet I'm looking at. But if I see a Flint Powers kid and he's standing out, you know, he's, he's a hard F1, he's, he's heavy on, you know, he's hard on pucks, he's play, playing physical, you know, executing net drives. If he's doing some of those things on his own and he's playing with uh, a Heartland and a Lake Orion kid, that's going to stand out to me. If I see three Flint Powers kids go in and execute a line rush, I'm just gonna be like, oh, like, it's Flint Powers. They're well coached. They're, they're executing the system that they've been taught for two or three years. So when I see three Flint Powers kids execute a play, it just doesn't resonate with me personally because I'm equating it to the program and not necessarily the kids. When I see a Flint Powers kid make a good individual play on his own with two random line mates, it resonates with me more. I say, oh, that's a really talented kid. When I have, when, I, when I'm looking at a line of three CC kids or three Heartland kids and they're, they're moving the puck well and they're making hockey plays and they're doing whatever, I find myself then trying to rank those three and going, okay, well, who's, who's the best of those three? And, and maybe all three are good enough to make it. Um, maybe all three aren't good enough to make it, but they look good enough because they're playing within that system they're comfortable with. I, I don't know if that's making complete sense, but like in my mind as I'm watching it, that's what I'm thinking. So, you know, it, it, I know it's, it's easy, it's comfortable to play with kids that you know, but when you're in those uncomfortable situations, steer into it. Try to play with new guys. Try to make plays with guys you're not familiar with because you make the, the top 80, if you make the MDHL, if you make a junior team, you're going to be playing with guys that are unfamiliar to you and that you're going to have to develop a chemistry with. So I just think it's a good practice to to get in the rhythm of because, you know, uh, I'll equate it to like playing cards. If all three of you sit down at the same table, the odds of all three of you winning is very, very minuscule. If all three of you sit down at three different tables and you all play well, the the odds of all three of you continuing to win or or win or make it in this case, make the tryout, I think is way higher than all three of you playing together. 
Um, that's just my two cents. Some other evaluators may feel the same. Some may feel different. Uh, but I see it all too much at really any tryout you walk into where, like I said, you get, um, you get a, a whole line from, from back home and they all play together and they all look great. But then one or two of them make it and that one person now has to play with other people they're not familiar with and, and doesn't look as good and, and they kind of lose that shine, so to speak. So again, that, that would be my two cents for any kids trying out. If you're going to look good, you're going to look good regardless of you know who you're playing with, essentially. So um, I think there's way more value in playing with people you don't know. Uh, and, and again, that's just, just from an evaluator standpoint. So um, looking ahead here, MDHL tryouts this weekend. Super excited about that. Literally an all-day affair from morning till night uh, at, at KV right down the road here. So super convenient. Um, I'll be there. It's always, you know, one of my favorites to, to sit there and, and see, you know, 200, 250 kids come through the door and you get a good sense of, uh, of kids and top prospects from around the state. So uh, looking forward to that. I also, I mentioned AAA stuff. Um, I'm still working my way through. I've gone back on Live Barn and watched a couple of the, the games from the USA, USA Hockey Player Development Camps. Uh, you know, I watch 17, 16s, got to watch a couple of 15 games too, and, and get a good idea for, um, you know, the, the AAA landscape there too. So, uh, got that on my to-do list. And then, uh, you know, maybe this time next week we have some MHA top 80 announcements. We'll, we'll see, but, um, keeping an eye out for that. So if you do anything after all of this, um, I just ask that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, everything I post uh, is going to go to YouTube first. It, it'll also make its way to, to Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts and and all of that. Um, but it's going to YouTube first. Uh, so if you want notifications and, and all that, I really strongly suggest that you subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, and we'll go from there. I'll obviously, you can get at me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, face, uh, Facebook as well. Um, so yeah, uh, anything... If you guys have show topics, if you've got questions, I do have an email. Maybe we can start like a mailbag too. You guys can write in some questions um, and, uh, and we'll go from there. But excited to, to kind of see the direction and, and where we can go with this. Um, and uh, yeah, so we will, we'll, uh, God dang, I don't know a good way to end this. I keep stumbling over my stuff, but, um, but all right, we will, uh, we'll see you at the rink soon.